Welcome to today's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and thank you for listening to another episode of your favorite or hopefully favorite sports podcast. It's a good show today. George Finozzi is going to come on to talk tennis. He's the producer-editor at the Tennis Channel. Like myself, we're going to talk about the Monte Carlo Open, Andy Murray's struggles, Novak Djokovic's back, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, what he's going to do the French Open, Serena Williams is pregnant, and Maria Sharapova is going to return. We're going to talk about all that and more with George Pinozian. But up first, Sean Sullivan, a detailed NFL draft breakdown. He works in graphics for the NFL Network. Works on some podcast shows that break this stuff down. We're going to talk about the first round of the draft, the quarterback and running back position, and ultimately where will the dominoes fall. It's the Money Mitch Effect Friday edition. Time to start the show. All right, welcome back to the Money Mitch Effect. It's now time to talk NFL Draft. Sully, back in the house. Yes, the sir. The Mega Powers of Podcasting. The Mega Powers, <laughs> yes. John Sullivan back. Thanks for joining the show. I know yes, it's the time of year. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this beforehand while we were watching some OT playoff hockey, how it's a great time of year. you got everything going on, but I know a lot of football fans have their favorite points in the year you really get up and live for this time of year yeah i love it because you get to uh to marry a little nfl and college football and anytime you could cross those paths it's 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 gonna be a good time i mean both of us are huge college football fans as well as nfl fans so you get to see the guys that you've been watching for for three plus years and and see where they're gonna land and, and hopefully uh hopefully we could get to see some craziness next week and we're all excited for that yeah. The craziness is what makes this week fun. If it mm-hmm. was just run of the mill, we know what's going to happen. It wouldn't really be watchable. No. Like, it wouldn't really no. excite us no. if we if, knew. If, if mock drafts were 100% right, which I think a lot of the guys that come out with them could um, get, get pretty close, but that's not, I mean, not going to make it fun, you know? And I, the trading I, factor. I mean, that's it. That like, you too. can't predict all the trades no, that are going to be No, you made. can't. You, 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 can, you can hear the whispers like going into it but you can't you can't predict it you know i mean the the you hear teams waving around the number one pick but i I don't see it happening i don't see the browns trading out i don't see (laughs) i hope not but you you don't you could very well see somebody trade up there in the in the top five you know i I think it could easily happen well yin yang twin twins references aside yes it should be a very good draft because of its unpredictability and Uh i want to talk about two positional groups ahead of time before we kind of dive into some picks this is going to be for everyone out there listening kind of a rough outline of what we think is going to happen Mm -hmm. we're not going to bore everybody with pick by pick breakdown but the quarterback class every year it's deservedly so a big storyline because those are your franchise cornerstones you need to have some semblance there to win a championship this is a year where it's intriguing it's unpredictable but strength wise and i'm sure you'd agree it's not as high as we've had in years no past. no i think it's it's definitely the top end talent is not there uh the quarterbacks are obviously what you just referenced they're the catalyst to your franchise they're going to be your building block and you look at the league you don't have a lot of teams like with their franchise quarterback. There's a lot of lot of franchises out there that are shopping. Yeah. For instance, Chicago is probably going to settle on Mike Glennon. I'm, they they should take a quarterback later on, but uh-huh. they they're, they're going to settle with him, uh, get picking him up, and and because this draft is so weak, I believe. Well, I also think you're already seeing next year. We talked about too, like there's a strong quarterback class. I mean, we right. think it's going to be strong. 
So teams aren't really sure if they want to make the plunge this year. But as a counterpoint to that, some of these coaches and GMs might not be around next year. To right, make that right. It's, it's, and then you're looking at, at the higher-ups, too. If, if you have a, a franchise that has previously drafted a quarterback – and coming into this league still need, or coming into this draft still needs a quarterback you, you don't want to give the uh, the guy that's going out the door another quarterback to try to try to play with yeah. you know but especially w- w- if it's a weak weak or class like this like a Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky potential quarterbacks of the future yes but and there's nothing worse than coming in as a new head coach or GM and having somebody else's I don't yeah, want to right. say trash, but somebody else is good that right. you didn't want. Yeah. You might have never drafted. Right. And then having that saddle you on could, you. You could be in a different draft room saying, don't draft this guy, don't draft this guy, and you get hired away that has him, and, and it, that could easily happen. I'm I sure it's happened all like, the time. I like the rookie contract system now. It's yeah. almost like you can just get rid of them all at the same time. Right. If it doesn't work out, and I'm looking right at you, Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last year. That's it. For everybody, you know, they lost the coach, but mm-hmm. now you got the GM and the, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. On the flip side, too, rookie contracts are great because you could build a championship team around that. Yeah. Like if you if you hit on a home run like Russell Wilson straight out the gates, he's he's on his rookie contract for a few years. Tyler Lockett, same thing. Like, mm-hmm. they're, well, that's they're, gold, they're, man. I mean, that's you gold. got a late third round pick. I mean, that's we the the Seahawks also traded up three or four picks, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, what I was sitting in the in the, in the control room getting all this info about building building a draft board i work graphics and uh i was like all right so who are they picking with all these drafts and then it came down that it was tyler lock and i was like all right if we if we're, if we're throwing three picks at him we gotta love him but those guys play out you can give other people money like like yeah. bobby wagner or, or cam needs money uh yeah, earl thomas short window where right. you can really leverage the fact that you have a, a guy making very little money. So It's huge key to the draft. It's, it's huge key. key. Right. All right. Uh, let's talk about the big four of quarterbacks four. this year. And by any metric, those four guys are going to be the guys that are taken as the first, qu- first four quarterbacks in the draft. Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Kaiser. All four of those guys, Sully, all four ranked differently in other in random lists. Experts right. can't agree on. I don't, I don't think is. there's a single person that matches. Right, it, it's you it's know. hard to do. But in your opinion, if you had to pick one, and I'm not saying where, but if you had to say this is the top guy in the draft, who would it be? Mm. I gotta go Watson, just because he's a winner. You know, the okay. guy, the guys, the guys, a stud. Uh, obviously one at every single level. I just I'm just not blown away by Mitch Trubisky. Uh not not enough there, you know. I, I think he, he definitely he fits the bill. He looks like a pro ready pro type quarterback. But if I had to pick one I'd I'd go I'd go with Watson. Yeah, with the before freezing cold takes gets a hold of this for the rest of my life. I just right. wanna preface it with I don't like I'm not crazy about any of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm not either. I think, you know, and I might be an outsider, I, I lean Kaiser over all, all these guys. Mm. I think at that point, when I say I'm not crazy about it, I'm using it as a point to say I wouldn't really want to marry my life as a general manager or a coach of somebody. So I start mm. to think about mid-first round, late-first round, as far as a project-ish type guy goes that I wouldn't want to see the field right away. I think Kaiser does have the tools. I think the more we see him play – there is a lot of baggage with Notre Dame. That situation. I mean, Brian Kelly is not really handling it well. And, and it does, yeah, he he's not. That's what I'm saying. Like Kelly, 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 throwing him under the bus too isn't the, the best look. Uh, but Kelly's rep is not very good. No, especially it's not. At quarterback. It's not. Certainly not. But you don't. 
that still raises some red flags. Yeah. Like if you're thinking about Kaiser, that definitely thinks about I, it makes you yeah. go back and now, think about. Tyler. I agree with you on Trubisky. I think I think not sold is the best way to put it. There's some good stuff there. Right. His movement in the pocket is very good. You know, he only has one year of game tape. Mm-hmm. And the win-loss record wasn't the best. And some of his best games weren't against those elite-level defenses, which is a positive no. you could say about Deshaun Watson. But, And I think we're getting smarter, I'll, I'll put it in that perspective, as a scouting, as a, as a culture of evaluating prospects, because mm-hmm. we're not just mirroring. You know, five, ten years ago, he's the number one pick easily because right. he dominated college defenses. Well, that always hasn't worked out. And there are some serious questions about Watson and his accuracy at the next level. Oh, certainly, level. certainly. So, I mean, that's, a, that's not a bad first pick. Mahomes is a guy that I, I don't think anybody, not many people, have him as their number one. Mm-hmm. He's kind of that late bloomer, and if Kaiser's a project, I think Mahomes really yep. is a project. Yep. But he's got the arm strength, and you know they love it at this next level. Uh, I have a certain former scout that I work with that he's going to – Later, later in the week or draft week leading up to the opening night, we're going to put out a video that says that he thinks that Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of the first two quarterbacks taken um, in the first mm. round. So, mm. which is yeah. going to be, which is going to be pretty crazy if you if you think about the history of Texas Tech quarterbacks in the league. Harrell, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, short, uh, short, and not very distinguished. But I think he's he. We had him on this week on Move the Sticks. The positive with Mahomes is he knows what he has to work with. He's very well-rounded um, quarterback in the fact that he knows his strengths, he knows his weaknesses. Very smart guy. We asked him right out the gates that, hey, you know, TCU game-winning drive. What was the play call uh, that I think it was? It was something uh, like a twenty-yard out route that that got him a first down. Really big play for him, and he he spit out the spit out the play. Uh, you know the, nice. the 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 game was a few months ago, and the yeah. guy the guys the guys are signing plays. Impressive, impressive young man. But obviously, he's just a he's just a backyard football quarterback, and he's going to need a couple years to really really swallow the playbook, be able to 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 sharpen his tools inside the pocket, mm-hmm. and then I think he could be a damn good NFL quarterback. But I don't think he's going to get those two years. So, what would the betting line be for first round quarterbacks? If I was betting, I would say two point five over under. Yeah, well, like. We're likely gonna see two to three in that range. I would say two point five would be a good, good over under. under yeah. yeah, maybe two. I think he, yeah, because I think two is a pretty good lock. Yeah, I don't maybe all four, but probably not. You know, there's the, it's it's so unpredictable. It's about it's what these unpredictable, teams actually like, and it's that. also it's it's not necessarily what they like. A lot of these teams yeah. go out and draft their needs, and that's not necessarily yeah. the best way to do it. Well, who are some other guys before we move on to running backs that are further uh, down on the depth chart? Further down on the one depth chart. One, 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 and everybody is talking about him right now, and I don't know why, And but I, I like it for obvious reasons, wearing a Tennessee polo now. But everybody's saying – I've seen two to three different articles from, from Bleach Report, uh, at whoever, that have come out and said that Joshua Dobbs is this year's Dak. And I <laughs> – well. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't <laughs> can know. I just, can I just interject here for one second? Yeah. And this isn't meant to be disrespectful or disparaging at all. This year's Cody Kessler might be a more fair comparison. Right. Comes in third, fourth round pick. Right. And has a future that looks like a career backup with some spots starting in there. Yeah, Dak. Dak doesn't happen. <laughs> Dak is is a is a unicorn. He's a unicorn. You you don't you don't go into a perfect situation like that mm-hmm. with an awesome offensive line. We were talking about it earlier. Got yeah. got an incredible running back behind you. 
and it wasn't all on his shoulders. No. A lot of these guys that are going to be taken high, I, I just hope for Dobbs' sake that he doesn't get taken too high to a team that really needs him to win now. I hope he goes to a situation like Doc, Dak, Dak, excuse me, Doc, Dak, Dak Prescott, and, and is able to sit, learn a little bit, or it just has a really good line in a, in a running game. Like, that's yeah. what you want to see a young quarterback. Yeah, I think Webb could be a good one out of Cal. Webb, could be, a lot of people like Webb. A lot of people liked Webb. He's got the arm. So, um, well. another, another one of those issues, it's the same thing with Tech. Like, spread him out, throw the ball mm. deep, but does it translate? It's You don't know. <laughs> yeah, just like we don't know if Jared Goff's the sixth best quarterback in the state of California. I don't yeah, know. right. We'll <laughs> but all right, Sean Sullivan, Money Mitch Effect, 2017 NFL Draft Preview. Let's look at the running back position. That's the other position I wanted to discuss before we start breaking down these picks because it's back. I mean, we talk about what's left and what's not. It's the back. running backs are back. And we're going to have maybe four in the first round. Uh, Three let's to see. Four. So I mean, Fournette, Cook, um, maybe. Cook, McCaffrey, Kamara. Kamara. It could I mean, happen. It's possible. It's very I'd possible. I'd say getting two and a half is a good over I would just say there's just not enough spots for Kamara to sneak into that first round. Was Wonderlick was the best. But I it, saw that it, score today. That's, that's awesome. Wonderlich. That's awesome. Just out of McCaffrey with Cook and Fournette. I love it. Going well below uh, the average. Yeah. So not good for them. But we'll see if that even matters right. for that position. I'll, I'll let you lead off with Kamara, though. Another Tennessee guy. Another yeah. guy that can do a little bit of everything. Another guy that makes you say, hey. Why didn't Butch put him in more often? Oh, oh man! <laughs> but I, I mean, digress. That, that, that's such that's such a sore spot. Uh, he does it all. I love him. He does it all. He can he can catch out of the backfield uh, with the best of them. Right there with McCaffrey with his his uh, his hands. Great vision, and I think his ability to run through contact is another another good uh, uh, check on his resume because he does he does have the ability to break through tackles at at a, at a Pretty, pretty dang good rate at Tennessee. I, mean, I think this is a guy that's going to come in, and I think the way he plays is going to make it so that he can fit on just about any team. Mm-hmm. He's going to come in as that third down back on whatever team he goes to, and right. then hopefully over time become the between-the-tackles guy. I, think I would love to see him to go to Kansas City at the end of the first round. Wow. That would be an incredible mm-hmm. spot for him to where we know – how Kansas City loves their backs to have the ability to go out of the backfield, be able to put them in the slot, and he he's he's a great fit yeah. there. Could be don't know one. if it's going to happen, but no, I don't either. And he could end up being the steal of the draft if he falls right into the late second round. McCaffrey, all right, we got to talk about him because mm-hmm. this is a guy that has been climbing ever since the pre-draft started. Everybody and he keeps just can't climbing. Get enough he of keeps him. climbing. I'm looking at this draft order and trying to figure out a, a, an end game, a max end game, mm-hmm. Carolina. Eight? Could. That's, Definitely so could. that's as high as you think he could oh, go. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. I think he could go. And that's possible. I'm with you. I, I think, don't think I any think, higher than that. I think, I think he could go over Cook. It. I think he can go over Cook easily. I think he could be the second running back taken behind Leonard Fournette. Who um, looks like a lock in Jacksonville? Is that what we're I think hearing? That, I think that's what everybody's yeah. that's what everybody's pointing to. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But I, th- I think McCaffrey, another situational guy, like a lot like Kamara. Great back, but... I think he needs to go to the right spot. The guy yeah. is a weapon, and if you know how to use him and 
put him in the slot a bunch. Oh man, you know, we like oh my gosh, he's the same way. Well, the, we the, need the, we the, need to do whatever we can to keep him away from New England. Yes, <laughs> as the fans of any other team. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, hopefully, I, I, they they've taken a couple backs recently uh, through free agency, picked him up a little bit. I can't remember the the two off the top Jelassi of my head. Jelassi out of Buffalo. Uh, yeah, Gillisley. Uh, yeah, Burkhead. I think, Rex right? Burkhead. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's a sign that they're they're expecting that. McCaffrey's going to go a little bit higher than them, unless they trade back into the first round. I don't think he's going to drop. No, not even close. Yeah, he's, he's not going to. He's not going to drop to back to the second. The guys, the guys going to go top fifteen, yeah. top twenty. Denver's players, I think, was Chris Harris, and what he, they asked him what he needed in the draft. He's like maybe a running back that can return kicks and and uh, you know also catch passes. Right, right, hitting so, at it. Yeah, we'll see. We talked about Fournette at four, and then mm-hmm. Cook probably along with McCaffrey in that next up, next range. next level, and then Alvin uh, clipping the first I round. Mean, I'm the on second. record as saying I like Cook's style better than Fournette's, but it's uh-huh. hard to front on Fournette the prospect. I think Fournette would be awesome in 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 Jacksonville. Just give me the ball. Yeah, they need they need somebody that is gonna front the load for that offense and be able to. <laughs> The workhorse. Be a workhorse. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't exactly have the quarterback. Um, no. And you do have some talented weapons there on the outside. But if you give Leonard Fournette the ball. He's going to run you over. Like, he's going to run <laughs> you over. And, and he can do it. And that, that's going to sell some jerseys. going to put some butts in some seats. And uh, I know the Seahawks play him down there this year. I would love to go watch Leonard Fournette and sit in a pool and watch him go up against that Seattle Seahawks defense. I'd yeah. be some, you'd be able to hear you'd be able to hear the helmet cracks from all the way up in the pool in the upper deck. What I like about Fournette is he's got a little bit of Hulk in him. I know you're a comic mm-hmm. book guy, but it feels like he gets better as he gets hit. He more, does. He know? does. He, so. he he searches for contact, and you love that out of a big back. And I think Cook's got a great career ahead of him too. I just like the style. I think he's that. Shows up in big games. You know, he shows up in big games. Shreds big defense. Shreds, shreds. And as far as speed, ver- you know, power versus speed, mm-hmm. I think he's got the best balance of anybody in this draft. Yeah, I think it could be fun to watch there. Well, all right, Sully, let's look at it now. Money, Mitch. Effect. Let's just look at the draft order and try to kind of walk through this first round. Okay. Uh, and if you see any potentials for a trade, a team that might trade up or trade down, you just let me know. But otherwise, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna stay away from yeah, that. Yeah, it's too hard. It to, is so hard to do that. But I, I know, I know the Patriots are gonna. I will say this: they're gonna want to try to get in in the first round. See, I think I th- you trade where? Trade, trade back into the first round. But yeah, they or they just trade down and keep acquiring picks because you know yeah, Belichick just loves build, to just build them up. Tra- trading I down. can easily see him trying to get in that first round again, though. Dip their toe back in. factor. What happens there? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, some, you, you can you can dangle some pieces out know. there for some for some for some capital. So some big trading potential there, but we'll stick to the order as it is. And it right. starts with the Browns at number one. Is there any reason why this pick nope. won't be Miles? Nope. Nope. Okay. We Good. we played uh, we played an addition that don't just don't do it. Uh, the other day on uh, Move the Sticks, and yeah, the just don't do it. I love how everybody just was like trying it. to reassure me that no, I mean, I mean, it's a smokescreen, no confident team. Well, I mean, if you look at this, <laughs> team. Uh, have you seen that jersey that everybody wears where it just keeps growing to the floor and they're running out of room and duct tape? Of, uh, <laughs> I have, yeah, yes. I know, I know. So, Multiple no, I, I know you have, but I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, it's it's ridiculous. So, they they, they yeah. can't. <laughs> They can't. He's a they pass rusher. Garrett is going to get you sacks. He's going to be the edge rusher. The Browns have had. He's a game changer. Yeah, I, I think uh, I've spoken poorly about him on this podcast before, but I, I, th- I think he's the surefire one. Yeah. Um, well, I think I like is, to stoke the fire a yeah. little bit. And, and <laughs> you got your guy. You I got, got my guy. DB, I got but. my guy. But 
All right, the two pick though, that's where it was really going to get interesting because San Francisco probably they not going to trade out, needs everything. And there's a couple names that are floating at the top of their list. Sully, the two most prominent one. Everybody seems like Solomon Thomas out of Stanford. But they uh, could go keep, with keep him the in the bay. Jamal Adams out keep of him LSU. In the bay. Those were the two big, big-time needs that we're thinking. Because it's a weak line class. I should point that out. One of the worst offensive line Off, classes. Yeah, yeah. No, they need you're, linemen. You're, everybody needs linemen, but there really isn't one there. You're, you're, you're not picking up your linemen. Do so you like one draft. of these two guys, you think? Or? Yeah, I, I really like Jamal Adams. I think he's he's one of the better players, if if not the best player possibly in this draft. Um, the guy – I'm with Bucky Brooks. The, the guy is an absolute stud. He's just he's just an animal. We know the story from those LSU – that's DBU, in my opinion <laughs> – uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see the Ohio State effect here a little bit later yeah. on. But, uh, <laughs> coming up next. Yeah, yeah, coming up next. But, yeah, no, J- Jamal Adams, I think you can't miss with him. Uh, Solomon Thomas, keep him in the bay too. That would be pretty great. Uh, they, they need everything. You can't, you can't miss with Jamal Adams or Jamal, Solomon Thomas, in my opinion. I, I don't like, like either one Thomas of those is more likely based on mm-hmm. just the draft strategy we've seen with teams. It's I agree. It's more of a gamble to go I agree. safety here. Yeah, it is. A, 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 and there, there are a lot of teams out there that, believe in taking safeties a little bit later especially mm-hmm. box safeties yeah solomon thomas though where you make your money is, is quarterback and the guys that put the quarterback on the ground mm-hmm. yeah. so and he's one of them either or is good but the, the bears at three and we're just going to walk through like the top five or so and then we'll start to branch off but yeah. the bears at three this is almost universal across the board now if thomas slips this could change things but everyone's thinking Lattimore, oh yeah. actually cornerback and i'm you know i'm high on him uh, obvious for obvious reasons but this is just a match made in heaven more than anything. The Bears need all the secondary help they can get. So I yeah, think it was uh, about who the who graded out the best corner is going to go there. It's Lattimore. I don't know if they think too hard about this decision. No, and the, the good thing for them, too, is that this is a very deep secondary class. So you could pick up another cornerback to later. go with them later on. And you see more corners go higher now recently than safeties than some other positions because mm-hmm. of the uh, the shutdown side of it where right. teams with their passing attacks you just need DBs that could that could body them and stay with them. Mm-hmm. And Lattimore I think has the ability to do that. You draft the quarter cornerback in the top five though, make no mistake about it. So you want them, you expect them to be a shutdown. Oh oh you, you take a you take you take anybody in the top ten, they're plug and play go. Yeah. At first, and long, and prefer, long career long go. career go. Preferably top five, like you're looking you're looking at an all pro player. And obviously, we've seen a lot of busts there, so it's no guarantee. But yeah, you're 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 if you draft Marshawn Lattimore at three, I think you're you're getting a, a damn good cornerback that you could plug in, and, and it, it's an automatic upgrade for whoever they have in that secondary. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, and I think the Bears, a team that has have a lot of needs, an aging roster, they actually have some rushers. Mm-hmm. So I think that need yeah. isn't quite as there as it, as it is right. the secondary. We illustrated why we think the Jaguars are going to take Fournette. That's almost more universal than, than right. the Bears he's taking sell, He's going to sell some jerseys and, and trucks and people for the Jags. SEC country, too. Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's another big draw there. Mm-hmm. But that Titans pick at five might be the key point of where the draft really gets fun. Because you have a team that a lot of people are expecting big things of. This is our first team that they we're thinking could make a run. They had one of the better drafts last season. Oh, without question. Without question. Mariota back, healthy. Right. You got some needs, you know. They've they've were players in free agency. Yeah. But are you thinking here? Because we've seen everything from DN tight end to receiver. I know we're biased, but I like Mariota. I like, I want to see quarterbacks play with good receivers. I like Mike Williams. Mike here. Williams, exactly. Uh, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for months, and this is what the Titans fan base wants. 
is they want yeah. they want that number one wideout right. that they they want Mariota to Williams like during the national title game when he took over that game. And my Twitter feed from all the Titans fans was just, just draft the guy. Walk, When's walk, the draft? Walk, yeah, 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 yeah. Get him, get him, get please him, get him, get him. Please, well, please, please. Two tone like, blue, Mike Williams. Here, here's the side of things football fans don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. If they didn't take him, it might not be a bad decision to pass and go another direction too. Yeah. So I, I understand that. I and understand the good that. thing and is, like the like good Solomon, thing is, if if Solomon Thomas slips, I mean, you can't pass him up. You can't pass him up. Or the good thing is, they have one in eighteen. Yeah. You know, so you you could. You have needs, but take the best player available where you're at 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 five, and then you can address your needs at eighteen in and the wh- first yeah. round. And while we're here, is Thomas surefire hands down top receiver in this class? Because from what I've heard, Sully, he is a guy that I mean, he's at the top of a class that might not be very top heavy. No. It's got some gamers probably late. Yeah. But this isn't filled with those impact receivers that I mean, twenty. You're right. You're right. It, it's it's whatnot. a it, it's it's a deep er class just in the middle of, of like second, third, fourth, fifth round guys. Like there's some there's a lot of good quality receivers there at the back end. But you're right. It is short on top heavy talent, and I think Mike Williams definitely could be a top end receiver. But when you're drafting a dude like we just said at five, <laughs> you better be darn sure ready to put your career on the line because that's what that. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They are setting up for success, and if you blow this draft, that's just going to blow yeah. all their momentum that they have. Well, I do think he's a surefire number one receiver in this class. I also think he might be the only true number one in this class, right? And that's not a complete yeah. Because you, you look on else, look on Ro- look at Ross and a couple yeah. of other guys like no Corey Davis maybe. Uh, Ross lines up on the outside against Sherman or, or right. Peters. He's, or, he, he's could, he could get, get beat up. He's just going to yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think he has that name, but. It's the perfect guy for the slot, so we'll have to see there. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop the order process right now just to say we're at that point in the draft. We went through five picks, no quarterbacks taken. And now no. with the Jets at six for the next six or seven picks, you don't think there's any chance of quarterback Don't though. do it. Don't, don't do okay, it. Okay, so you're saying no. and I'm, We're not talking about what we would do. I'm just saying will a quarterback get drafted? Oh, I think so. So you're looking at – I think it's going to be crazy. So Jets – Chargers at seven could could draft Rivers. I, I don't think so. No. Panthers no. no. Bengals pro, no. Mm. Bills maybe. Maybe. And Browns and Cardinals at twelve and thirteen. Maybe not the Saints, but Browns and Cardinals are maybes too. So any of those teams I just mentioned, you think are going to pull the trigger here? I think I, could, I think we could see multiple. I think it could be crazy. This I'll, league is so quarterback hungry. <laughs> this yeah, I, I think this draft could show, just be the the picture perfect example of how hungry this league is for quarterbacks so i'm gonna call my shot now i'll say jets no i think they're gonna probably go okay with, yeah if, i could i could say jets now if we'll, adams we'll falls jets now. if adams falls that could be a, a huge pick for them if he doesn't go to adams yeah. at safety i say i say jets now. now i don't think the chargers will no we see malik hooker though the second ohio state secondary safety or if adams falls again i think you're going to get some safeties playing here. Mm-hmm. Cause Hooker's another guy that I think he can just plug and play, and he, right. he's got that right. ball skill. O.J. Howard to Carolina. I did want to get your opinion on that before we go to the other quarterback. Uh, I think we're hearing that a lot. I mean, O.J. OJ's a, a, a good player, I think. I think he's he's one of the better t- – obviously might be the best tight end in this in the draft class. A lot of people are like, like David yeah. Njoku. I wanted to mention O.J. because Carolina – could do a lot of different things at eight. They got it. They have right. a good team that underachieved last year. We talked OJ, about McCaffrey as a weapon, but Howard OJ's too. OJ's a guy too that's going to help you in the run game yeah. as well. He's got the speed. 
he's he's a freaking gazelle for a tight end. The guy the guy's really really good. I'm I'm just not sold on him at nine at eight as high as eight. I'm not sold on that. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I think they got an interesting one too. I think the the Bengals are going to go on that front side. They love those big bodies. Allen or Taco Carlton could be a pick there. I think they got some. Some choices there. I think the yeah. Bills are going to start the domino effect. I think they're going to take a quarterback. And I think it's going to be Trubisky. Yo, you, you, you like you like the Bills with Trubisky? I think he's the one that grades out the best, kind of universally. I know we all have different opinions. I think Buffalo I think, is think not Bill, happy with their Bills, quarterback position Bills, at all. I think Bills could go could go Watson. Okay, they do. They they have think, they have a yeah. they have a recent history of taking guys that could that could hurt you with your legs a little bit. I just I don't know that Watson. I'll, I'll spoil my picks here. I think the first two quarterbacks taken are going to be Trubisky and Mahomes. Yeah. Who I'm liking more and more. They're going to gamble with him. You know who gambles? The gambler out in the desert, Bruce Arians. Oh yeah, you like, I like him? That pick. I think you like he's that pick? Do it. I think he is. And I think Watson and Kaiser might not even go in the first round. I think you're looking at the Browns are going to be an interesting point because if if it is Watson or Trubisky at ten and the Saints aren't picking one, then you'll get to a point where Hugh Jackson says, do we want to take our quarterback here? Do we yeah. really believe in it? And another thing that just my hunch, I think their guy is Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Trubisky's gone. I don't think they take anybody at 12. I think they could take him at 12 if he's there. Yeah. I don't hope they do that. I don't think he'll be there. And then they pass. Then you get to the Cardinals who think, you know, we got an aging team. I don't Homer think had an awful year last year. They're probably going to reach on quarterback. Maybe not Mahomes, maybe Watson. But I am banking on your Browns to do the smart thing there at 12. And not take a quarterback? Bank. You're, it's not like you're going to be out of the top 10 next year. No. You know? So you get you're to gonna, that point at 12. and you th- Yeah, exactly. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen coming you're, out. You're going to have you're gonna have your chance at, at a quarterback next okay. year. So Well, then we get to the, what the Browns would do there. And it's almost like you, know, you hear the third Ohio State uh, secondary guy, Conley, Another cornerback. Yep. If Howard falls there, the Browns have been desperate for a tight end for a while. I mean, Barnage is good, but you can always play two tight end sets in the NFL. But then Corey Davis is another name that's rumored to be in the mix there, and then we could maybe even see another receiver. So I like I like the idea of going and getting weapons. I, yeah, I, I, you get a D end in Garrett, then I think offense needs it because the yeah. offense was dreadful. I, I, I like I like I like the idea of going and getting weapons. I also like the idea of doubling down and just going and getting Derek Barnett and having this stupidest front front seven. Yeah, here's the problem. When you have a team as bad as the Browns, your weapons are across the board. Yeah. You almost want to just spread out the wealth a little bit. You know? Yeah, like, you do. You, but still, you, have, you have great DNs. Okay, you we're just going to run the middle on you. Yeah. <laughs> like not, well, not that. necessarily. I think yeah. I think if you take Barnett that high, which yeah. I, I can yeah. see happening, I could see him going to the Saints. I can see him going to the Browns there at, at 12. If if they somehow don't take, if they take Mitch Trubisky at one, which would be ridiculous, then they're going to the defensive end spot at twelve. I mean, I don't see that happening, obviously, yeah, but it's 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 a pipe dream. But well, it's interesting. We're getting through this first round of the NFL draft. Money, Mitch affects Sean Sullivan, and I want to let you, Sully, take picks fourteen to about eighteen. That second Titans pick. Anything that's gonna jump out at you with these teams that were. You know, very, very close, and we're getting into that playoff picture mode of teams that expect to be back next year. The Colts have issues. The Eagles are at 14, Colts 15, Ravens, and Redskins. Yeah, yeah, I do. So the scenario that we have the Titans not taking a, like, say they go Jonathan Allen at five, 
or a, a Solomon Thomas falls to him, I do like them taking John Ross or, or, or a Corey Davis. I do really like that. The poor Ravens have been trying to draft a wide receiver for decades. I think they're going to try to dip into the Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross effect Somebody there. could fall. Reuben Foster, interesting note there. Uh, he could definitely be in that mix. Um, I think I like Hassan Reddick too, the Temple Temple guy in that mix as well, yeah. especially since Reuben got in trouble about, today. Yeah. <laughs> Reuben uh, Foster has more red flags on than anybody in I, recent memory. No doubt. I know no there's doubt. talent there, and that's the only thing keeping him afloat. Uh, anybody except a certain tackle that – Broke a video with with him smoking a gas mask. That was uh that was the day of the draft and it was fat. But this is that was fascinating. Yeah, that was fascinating to see. Yeah, and it is April twentieth today. Just uh, good. Reference. There he goes. Um, yep. But Colts, I feel like lineman. I know the Wisconsin kid is is high on is not as high on a lot of lists, but they are so desperate, Sully, for O line. Then they got to trade down because Luck is played. Admitted he played last year with what like a. Basically a separated shoulder. Yeah. You, you got to protect your franchise. Your... Jimmy Ursay, any other owner <laughs> that was fully uh, competent and or uh, attentive, not passed uh, out, would have seen. This is the worst. This is the worst. You, you took Lyman and you tried to build your line last yeah, year. And it, didn't and it didn't work out that well. I mean, I'm just thinking you got to get him some help. Like, I. I, <laughs> I and I don't know. see it in this draft. Well, I don't I would, see it. And I would trade down because I think this. Thing I, know, is, I think that's a great trade. I think that's a great trade. I think you could. That, if McCaffrey's sitting here, if a quarterback's sitting here, right. the Colts are thinking line anyway. Right. And I think when you get to that Redskins mode, that's when we could see Cook. We could see uh, even maybe Jabril Peppers. Is this, are we getting into his territory already? Uh, no. No? Mm-mm. I don't. Not a big Peppers fan. I think he's a little too overrated. I think he's coming in hot. I, I, I like his game. I, I like, or I just like his athletic ability. I should rephrase. Uh, but where do you play him? You play him at safety. You play him at linebacker. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like, take him this not, high. But we'll, I wouldn't take him this yeah. high. You don't take a guy that only had like one pick over over the entire last season, his final season, right. at fifteen. And we definitely and that think, played mostly yeah. a corner. Yeah, or, well, we need mostly to see in the secondary. More. I mean, I think you can have a good career. I mean, Honey Badger didn't go to the second or third round because of the but same honey, questions. But Honey, yeah, nah. I honey mean, honey Badger the, broke open some games. Things. Character things more than anything. Honey Badger used to break open games. But we also didn't know what he would be at the next level. Yeah, because his availability yeah. is is the biggest is almost your biggest hero. If if you have questions in other areas, like I'm hey, I'm not going I'm, anywhere. I'm intrigued. I'm not sure he goes as high, but I think somebody's going to take a, a flyer on him relatively right. high. Titans, I think we can agree that if they don't take Williams, they'll go receiver here. They'll easy, find Ross or Davis. They're going to get a receiver easy, one of those easy, two easy. picks. They need, they need a I, play toy for, just, for Mariota. I just want to give you this, too. Bucks look like the landing spot for your boy. No. I, I don't know. I don't believe it. You, don't think, he, you think he goes higher? I think lower? he goes higher. You think Derek Barnett goes higher than 19? Ah, hell yeah. Okay. Which team? I mean, he I'm broke looking. Reggie White's sack records. I know, but I'm not looking at teams that are gonna. People, people are knocking him because he's not as flashy as like a, as a Cadillac of uh, that is that is Miles Garrett. But the consistency there has never been an SEC player, ever, to get double digit sacks in three straight years. Mm-hmm. We're talking the history of. The Southeastern Conference, who is a factory for front seven players. I know, but again, it's not always about college success. 
It's not. There's a lot of Division II and junior college guys. I completely. I mean, yeah. But that's so not, I know it's a great accomplishment. He has got a. I, mean, I, I don't know. It is, but I, the, the the technical ability of Barnett is going to transfer to the NFL. His hand hand to hand combat is some of the best that you you, you could possibly get out yeah. of it. Oh, out I of think a de- he's a beast defensive too. end. Well, let's just say this: if it's not Barnett or if he's not there, I just we can't reunite Jameis and Dalvin Cook. Please, for the love of God, no. That'd be tight. I've been hearing. <laughs> I think that'd I mean, be dangerous we, for society. We've definitely heard whispers about that, and I, I felt like somebody was quoted on that team. I think they might have asked Jameis about it or asked Cook about it. <laughs> so we get to the point in the draft, Sully, the twenties, where we start to see. I think how far guys would fall. Twenty to me is as far as McCaffrey would ever fall. There's no way Denver lets it get past twenty. I don't think he gets there, but there's a conceivable plan where. He falls to 20, mm-hmm. and Denver could take him there. Yeah, I don't think at this point from everything that the heat that is being ramped up on that kid uh, leading up to the draft, there's no way I think. I don't think he falls falls that much, look, much farther. Look at some of these other teams, Detroit 21, Miami 22, Giants 23, and then Oakland 24. How far do other prospects fall? I mean, this is when you hope to just catch these guys that slide into your lap and plug them into a playoff yeah. team. You mentioned Hassan Reddick. I mean, I, I got to think this is it. That Dude, guy's a freak. Yeah. Can you imagine Hassan Reddick and Mac playing oh. together with the Raiders? Oh. I, I like Jared Davis, too. I really do. Yeah. No, he, he's the a guy, player as I think, well. I think, he's, I think he's really underrated. The guy mm-hmm. is just – he running around at his pro day, the guy had his shirt off and just looked like a Superman. <laughs> well, that's the move, right? You just got to yeah, pop you, the shirt you, off. Yeah, you got you to pop it. the shirt off, and the guy literally looks like a chiseled Adonis running out there. So – I also think, too, I mean, you knocked out the line in the draft, mm-hmm. but this is when they're going to start going. There will be a few linemen at the back end of the first round. Easy. And I that's why see. I think a Colts trade down would be good here. Yeah. Go down six or seven spots, and you know what? I have a team in mind with them to trade in my fake trade. I could definitely see. Happen. Team number 25 uh, might be looking for a quarterback. the 26th pick in the oh. 2017 NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks select some offensive lineman from Western Kentucky, whatever. <laughs> and I could easily see that. And, and then Seahawks fans are throwing beers at the television, but that offensive line needs help. Yeah, they need a lot of help. And if they don't draft, if the Seahawks don't draft a offensive lineman, if they can't, you know, if the skill position is what they want to do, do yeah. they draft a? I'm just spitballing here. I don't know cornerback for the future, which may oh, or may not mean. No, I think you definitely need you definitely need help there. Well, yeah, you do, and also, I mean, I mean, you get you, the safety position is locked down, yeah. but that that corner position opposite of Sherman is you're confident wide Sherman's open. going to be there, huh? Yeah, I think so okay. at this point. It's, I think so uh, at this yeah, point. I I would prefer not. I would prefer to trade him. I would prefer to trade him and get rid of him now, sell high. Exactly. The, the, dra- the value on dra- these contracts are just – I. you know what? Oh, this is my soapbox. I'm glad we brought this up. Yes. I'm all for rookie contracts, rookie caps, but there's certain positions we just got to be unique about. Running back and corner are like the top two. Because yeah. your peak years are your early years. Right. You're going to give a guy a contract at those two positions when they're 28, 29. I mean, they're going to be eating up a, a lot of salary caps. Sherman in Seattle, Norman in yeah. Washington. Some of the running backs, like they're looking for those big deals, and their right. best years are behind them. Right. So I, I think I think Sherman's best years are behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the, a few the, dominant years left. Oh, wait, but, I'm not saying yeah. he's still going to be a Pro Bowl player, yeah. but, but yeah. the guy, the guys, he showed some weaknesses, and a lot, a lot of that has to do with Earl Thomas, obviously dropping last year. But yeah, I think I think you need to find that if you're not going line, 
I think you you definitely got secondary. So Houston with an interesting pick here, Sully at 25. I want to go back to them because ideal world, and we don't know who they like at quarterback, but whoever that is would fall to them at 25. I don't think that they would or they should move, move up to draft a quarterback in this draft. Yeah. I think the best strategy of action is just sit where you are and hope the dominoes fall to you. It's, it's not a sure thing. You're not trading up to get that sure thing. Yeah, they must. I mean, they, they, they're, they're, they're slotted to start Savage as their starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, and a playoff team. I mean, man, Osweiler was a disaster last year, so Savage can't be much, wor- much worse than that. How about this scenario that we never really brought up, Sully? Yeah. Trading your first-round pick this year for a first next year if you're one of these teams that just thinks next year's draft class will be better. Just wholesale, just, just ship just it the off. First, just like we, we, you know, we don't value it as much this year as we do next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's as outrageous. I think the Texans take a quarterback. I think this is one of those, this is one of those teams that is a guaranteed quarterback. I think they do. Yeah. I, think, I think they're going to take a, like, and, and obviously. But if they're all gone, If, if what we're predicting yeah. and there's a, some crazy run from 9 to 12, 13 of quarterbacks, which I could – see happening which we do see happening but if that doesn't happen you're right they're, they're going to take a QB at 25 yeah we'll have to see well Sean Sullivan Money Mitch Effect breaking down the NFL draft we're going to wrap up this first round and wrap up this segment of the show Kansas City 27 another team that in a perfect world Mahomes or Watson falls into their lap maybe even they go they roll the dice with Kaiser but they're a team with a lot of different they could go a lot of ways if mm-hmm. Cook's still there if one of the secondary members falls, you can play alongside Peters. Yeah, no, they definitely have a. They have two of their secondary positions locked up for a long time with Peters and Barry. And if you get if you get your and that's a dominant defense, but that other cornerback spot definitely needs some help. Um, defensive line needs some help, um, and then Derek Johnson too. They need to replace that cat. Yeah, legend brought it. Yeah, for He's sure. A great career. Yeah. and I think Dallas too. Just quickly on them at twenty eight. It's got to be defense. Like, there's no way it's offense. No corner yeah, there's or no way. linebacker. There's no way. Like, they're set. They're set across the board on offense. <laughs> Offensive line. You got you got your weapons. You know, and I think you could find you can find a pretty darn good tight end later on to to replace Jason Witten. Oh, that's so, gonna be a sad day. Oh, don't even talk about it. That's terrible. Uh, Probably the only Cowboy you've ever rooted for, too. Yeah, literally. I used to single-handedly root for the Cowboys just because of Jason Witten. Is he, quickly, is he a top five ball for you? Yeah, easy. Yeah, for sure. What's that list look like? Oh, man. I know there might be some time. Manning, Barry, White. uh, What do we got? Manning, Barry, White, uh, Witten. Five. Let's throw in a random one. Constantine Ritzman, the Germanator. Oh, there you go. So the, you're pretty confident in the order of at least the first four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. it's going to be a sad day without him. And then the lastly, the final four picks of this draft. You know, I, I didn't want to spend as much time on them, Sully, the mm-hmm. 29 through 32, uh, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and then New Orleans again, their second pick, the, the New England trade. But some yeah. prospects we didn't name. Who do you think could sneak into the first round and really you know, be one of those maybe surprising first-round picks? I'll start off the ball rolling with, does Dory Jackson get taken? Oh, this would be his range. Oh, man, that is so tough to say. Um, no. Not in the first round. No. Okay. I don't think so. I, I like a Dory. I do, too. I like a Dory a lot. He's a sweet athlete. but he, I He's mean, got the charisma. He does. He does. 
the, and I mean, he's an all-time punt return. He's immediately your punt returner, kickoff returner. Yeah. So. So if he doesn't go, and if he doesn't go in there, you got some other names we need to bring up. T.J. Watt. Oh my goodness! Literally, exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> There's obviously some buzz about his brother pumping him up, which is gonna happen. You want your brother to go in and make money. My dream is to see the Watt brothers play together in Houston because they do need a little linebacker help. Oh, and Jesus, if a fight broke out with that team, be, <laughs> oh <my laughs> Houston would. I mean, they've already got the, the like, yeah. Clowney and Watt next year. Like, yeah, gonna, and then you, and then you plug 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 TJ in as, as a linebacker with a psycho. Like, I think. I yeah. mean, I don't want to assume that he's killed people, but it might have happened. It, he's if, if you watch, <laughs> but if you on the field, but if you watched, he looked uh, watched the uh, hard knocks. He looked like a good old family man behind the scenes. Patrick Bateman looked like a good family <laughs> man too. So, I mean, for yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I mean, Bill Cosby. Like, I mean, come right. on, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. he, he looks like a good old family man too. But oh well. I like. I'll tell you a player that I like that's sneaking up. Um, that's. Might not be in the first round, but I think he could. He, he could be. Uh, is Charles Harris? I really like him yeah. a lot. Coming out of Missouri, the guy is bend around the edge, super speed, sack master. Mm-hmm. That just wrecked havoc in the SEC. Oh, yeah. And I think if if you're looking at Atlanta there at the back end of the first round, I think he could sneak in and and you you match him up uh, against against um, what's his face from Clemson. Oh my gosh. 14 and a half sacks last year. Um, but yeah, if you, that, that's a formidable pass rush, uh, in Atlanta, if you add him to that, that, to that dynamic, I want to remember to bring up Cam Robinson, another guy we didn't discuss. I think he goes late first round. Some of these teams will take alignment there. Last name I want to talk about before we end this, Sully, Joe Mixon. Oh boy. We didn't mention him in the running back list. And I think first round's a little too Vic high. Beasley. Sorry, Vic Beasley. Oh yeah. Right, yeah. Back. Yeah, geez. I know it's a little high for him first round. Maybe a team takes a flyer, but there's a lot of there's a lot surrounding this guy. Nuclear would be one way to put it. But look, I mean, we can talk about how much we dislike him. We live in a country that's based on second chances. If right. someone truly is sorry, which I don't know if he is or if he isn't, a team uh, will take him, and a team will say you have one strike and you're out. He sat. And the he sat his, there. He he did uh, quote unquote his due diligence, or, or he did his did his time. Sat out a year. And that case is settled. So I think if if a team does their due diligence and is okay and feels like he's moved on, then take him. But I mean, I, I I don't know. That's like we said earlier. The the biggest battle for people with off field issues is having your availability. That's half the battle. Yeah. Like, and, and you could be an all world player. We've seen it time and time again, that you could be a, a, a top end player and blow it for off the field issues. And that that's, are you willing to take that risk with the guy? Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be an early second round player. Yeah. And he, I think he's going to, everybody, everybody there. universally thinks he could, he would be easily a first round top 15 pick if it wasn't for, his issues. Oh, well, he's it, that talent. He is. Well, it's exciting, Sully. It's exciting to not know who the first picks are yet. I know Garrett's up there, but we still don't officially you don't, you don't know. know. You don't know. So I we're mean, excited. You, you, you could have the Browns trade back and just keep hogging picks, yeah, yeah. hogging picks. And I could just drink a bunch of whiskey and pass <laughs> out, which is what would happen. You could do that, that too. Yeah, that too. yeah. Right. But all right, Sean Sullivan, this was fun. Thanks for joining the show. 
We'll have to reconvene Always a pleasure. after the draft. Yes, break certainly. everything down. It's a long summer, so we'll have plenty of months to break down the draft. The dog days of summer That's are right. almost here. And congrats on the Preds, man. I know. Yeah, the right? Tennessee boys. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. fully converted I, I, during right. this run. No, I have not fully converted. I have not fully converted at all. I'm, Close, though. No, no. I mean, no. I Like, no, not at all. I'm, I'm a Devils fan. Okay. I mean, I'm now that they've won it, I'm happy for the city of Nashville. But, I mean. It is what it is. See. Cup in yeah. Nashville? I don't know. We'll have to see. All right, I mean, we're flying into Broadway if that happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks again, though. Huge thanks to Sully for hopping on the podcast, breaking down the NFL draft. And keeping his Tennessee and Seahawks biases at at a minimum, I think he did a pretty good job this week. But in all seriousness, thanks to Sully. And remember to check out all his work at NFL Network. Move the Sticks is one of the podcasts he works on, so make sure you check that out. All right, now it's time to talk tennis. We're going to switch it up. George Pinozian on the show. He also, in addition to working at the Tennis Channel in the production department with myself, also has a little bakery that we're going to discuss too as well, Sweet and Hollow. But George Pinozian, great guy to discuss all the tennis storylines as well as a Clipper playoff game he attended. We'll get to that as well. George Pinozian now. Baby Jordy on the Money Mitch Effect. Time now to talk tennis on the Money Mitch Effect. We're doing it old school. Returning to the show, tennis channel producer, editor, a man of many hats. Some say he's the Hayden Studios version of LeVar Ball. That's George Pinozian. <laughs> George, thanks for <laughs> what a comparison. <laughs> thanks for joining the show, George. <laughs> oh man, it feels good to be back with Money Mitch. Yeah, it's been a it's while. We're, all, we're 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 branching out. You know, we're still tennis enthusiasts at heart, but. You've got some stuff yeah, cooking you know. up, literally, and uh, I'm actually ba- baking, baking up. up. Okay, well, it was a reference, <laughs> you know, uh, a metaphor. <laughs> but as we continue on in this show, it's 2017, George. The last time we talked tennis was after the Australian Open, and it's funny because we saw Federer in the Dog Classic. We thought this was great that these two legends were back in a final. We didn't know if we'd ever see that again. But I think it's fair to say, George, that the last couple months have been pretty much dominated by these two, with Federer just about winning everything, but Nadal right behind him looking good in every tournament he plays, probably, I would argue, second behind Fed of the men's players right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely say results-wise this year that Nadal has probably been the second most consistent guy on tour. I wouldn't say he's the second best player at the moment, but... Okay. You know he's definitely having a yeah. I, I just don't think he's still. I just don't think he's still there yet. Like I still, I still think Murray and Djokovic are at a higher level than him right now. But you know, you kind of see it slowly that once in a while you see like old vintage uh, Rafa. You know, and even today he looked great. But he like killed Alexander Zverev today. Yeah. Well, no, I wanted to bring that up because today in the Monte Carlo yeah. Masters. Masters which has been unpredictable, the, the first big clay court tune-up before we get to the French Open about a month away. He destroyed Zverev. I mean, he murdered him 6-1, 6-1, and this isn't just some scrub. This is one of the next-gen guys we expect to win multiple majors in the future, and it all just beat him off the court. And I think that with the fact that you know he loses in the Miami final to Fed, he just kept running into Roger, losing at Indian Wells, 
I don't know. I would I would say probably right now, at least going into clay court season, he's the second best guy, given the fact that Murray again loses early, still had the elbow issues, mm-hmm. George, and then Djokovic, who he won another three setter. I don't know if he's. I, don't, I would I would definitely say he's still towards the top of the game, but is he playing at that Nadal clay court level? I just don't think so right now. Yeah, I mean definitely the tours pretty like wide open right now. There's not really a particular player that's that's dominating really. I mean besides Federer, but he's just so limited in in the amount of tournaments that he plays. But yeah, I mean heading into clay court season, you know Rafa's. That's what you know. We all know that's Rafa's surface. So if he wins Monte Carlo this this week, then then maybe I I can start having a little bit more confidence in him making some noise at least uh, in the Grand Slams again. He get Djokovic in the semifinals. And the fun fact today, George, is that Nadal beats Zverev six one six one in sixty nine minutes. That's how long it took. So Nadal knows what's mm. up. But I like that. <laughs> well, if he won, if he won this tournament, he'd be the first player ever, I think, man or woman, definitely on the men's tour, to win the same tournament ten times. I mean, he owns Monte Carlo as much or more as oh, he's yeah. on the French Open. So that'd be a pretty interesting feat for Rafa Nadal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hope he wins it. You know, today there was there was a, a lot of upsets today. You know, Murray losing, Warinka losing, Djokovic was like. Oh my! Like so close to losing again. So um, I think I think Zverev. You know, that's he's more of a hardcore player. Yeah, he's young and and you know he's athletic, so he can still play well on the clay. But I wasn't really expecting too much out of him today. But I mean, I don't think anybody saw a one and one victory. Yeah, but. you look at this tournament like Djokovic Nadal. Even if Djokovic can get through Gilfan next round, who beat Dominic Team, but. That's a semifinal matchup. The other side, like Luka Pui, Marin Cilic, I mean, one of these guys probably is going to be in the final. So it's funny to see this Masters break down the way it has, but I look at this as a as like a preview of that French Open field where it's going to be pretty wide open. You'll have Fed, who may or may not play. Murray's still getting back to shape, hasn't looked good. Djokovic has a lot of issues on and off the court, but he can still play big matches. I think it's going to be pretty wide open this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think Fed will play. I, I'm, I'm, I don't really doubt that. You don't. And um, okay. no, I, I think, I think he'll play. I, I think, I don't really see the reason why he wouldn't. I, I'm not sure what his, what, what, what is he saying? Why, why doesn't he want to play well, the French Open? So he's is saying, he giving a particular reason. So he's saying it's health related. He's trying to minimize the amount of tournaments he plays this year. And honestly, George, I don't think he would have played the French if he didn't dominate the Sunshine Double, or at least play very well in both with no major injury concerns. But this is a 35-year-old guy, and I think he's looking at Wimbledon a couple weeks after that and thinking, I could really win there mm. if I go to the French Open, also not really, not really playing tune-ups. Am I really, even as great as he is, and you know how big of a fan of his I am, I don't know that he could just walk into a clay court season, uh, a clay court tournament that he's only oh, won no. once and still win. So it might just be a precaution. I, I think he's going to play too, but I think I think expectations should be pretty low even for the great Roger Federer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, that's, you, you made some really good points then. Maybe he, maybe he won't play. I mean, it's a so, nice I mean, we'll he, see, just, but it, he just wins tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's, a... It's crazy. <laughs> and you know too. I can't it believe too. it. Like, we, we watch Fed a lot, George, and we get to see it, and his backhand's better than it maybe has ever been. 
I mean, the guy's 35 years old. That's just ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, well, that's why he's been winning so many tournaments because, yeah, he's 35, but his weapons are just getting bigger and stronger, you know? So, like, a lot of guys are having a hard time keeping up with, with like, how talented he is in, in, in so many aspects. Yeah, it's... It's unbelievable to see what he's done and uh, just a great, great player in Roger Federer. Continue to play and Nadal as well. Should be an interesting clay court season. As I continue chatting with George Pinozian on the Money Mitch Effect, this channel producer editor, along with myself, we continue to break down some tennis stories. There is one other story in the men's game that I, I want to get to, George, and I think it's a shame. It's a shame that the media is not covering this as well as it should be. But there's uh, a little bit of a curse going on right now. And I know you're aware of it, but there is a player in the top 10 that had an unbelievable Australian Open run, and he was on top of the world, ready to be the next guy, and then all of a sudden, he was cursed. George, he, his name is Grigor Dimitrov. <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this, because he but, was... But, okay, <laughs> I have a few things to say about this, because first of all is, in our podcast that we had before Indian Wells, you also said that Dimitrov was your guy. Yes. Did you not? I did say that. You're you, right. You did say that. So yeah. maybe you cursed him before I did. Okay. Fair. That, that's fair. Why is that not a possibility? Fair. But which one of us met him, got a picture with him, and then crowned him <laughs> champion that day, saying, this is my guy, Indian And I, think I even asked him. I was like, are you going to win the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, now I'm cursed because I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> so the funny thing about this, not funny for Grigor Dimitrov, but he lost his next match after getting a picture with George on the practice court. He lost his first <laughs> match in Miami, and now he lost his first match in Monaco. And his doubles match, too. He lost both singles and doubles right when he stepped so on he the court. So he has not won a match since I've taken a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny, thing, the funny thing about that, oh, George, we know amazing. the business is... We know the business is taking off for you. I'm dubbing this the Sweet and Hollow Curse. If you're a the tennis sweet player, and hollow curse. if you're a tennis yeah. player, I'd be wary. You know, I don't know. I don't. Not to say that the food's bad, but I think you just have that power with you right now, where you know, yeah, I mean, players stay away. <laughs> the the thing is, is like we haven't seen Dimitrov dominate on a consistent basis. I don't think ever in his career. Maybe when he was extremely young and he mm -hmm. was playing two fifties or or smaller tournaments, you know. But so this is like maybe this is not that surprising in a way, you no, know. Like it, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, he had a terrible year last year, awful year, and like we all know that he's talented. So you know, he just he needs to really work on on the the psychological side of the game. Yeah, he's very and up and down. You're right. And, and I think th it frustrates so many people because he'll do something well, like make a run in the Australian Open, make a major semi, and then just regress back to the mean. He can beat some top guys, but he can also lose to just about anybody. He's a streaky player, but yeah. you know his game is just fun to watch. That backhand especially, I think it just frustrates mm -hmm. the hell out of a lot of people. So I'm not going to blame you fully, just a lot of it. No, I, I, don't, I think it's a little early to blame me at. Okay, it's funny because we if, had this if he doesn't win a match for like the end of for like the next like four months, then maybe we can talk. Okay, <laughs> next four months. Wow, <laughs> those are real high standards you set. Don't win a match for the next four months. 
Okay, well, we'll monitor this and remember if you're Greg Gord to me. Like, well, I mean, that's Bouchard. Bouchard basically didn't win a match for like months last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, so if it could Dim- happen. If you're a Dimitrov fan, I'm not saying who to blame, but, you know, it might be this guy on the other end of the phone, George Finozian. All right, well, let's switch to the women's game, George. The other story that broke the last co- yesterday, really, that broke was that Serena Williams. I mean, a lot of rumors that was the case. It is true she is pregnant 20 weeks to be sure. So that means, George, I'm no math major, but she was about two months pregnant when she won the Australian Open? I mean, yes. If that's accurate, that she's 20 weeks pregnant, then, she, yeah, she she won it. She basically won a doubles title at Australian Open then. (laughs) Yeah, a two-on-one match (laughs) against her sister V. You know what I mean? Yeah, she she was cheating. Yeah, wow. Well, look, we thought that this was going to eventually happen when the rumors of when the engagement happened, the fact that she is, you know, 34, will be 35 this year, that she was going to probably start to have kids in the near future. We didn't think it would be this soon. But, George, while we are really happy for Serena and her, uh, and again, another win for the for you and the Armenian community. That the Armenian oh, yeah, father, represent. That it, Alex you, you're you're, 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 you're calling her Serena Williams, but... <laughs> She's actually going to be Serena Ohanian. Uh, Ohanian. Ohanian, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Don't, no, you know, shout it to the mountains. But, Ohanian. But, so, George, she's not going to be playing tennis for all of 2017. She said she wants to return in 2018, but I have to ask the question. She'll be 35 that year, turning 36. Is there a chance she never plays again? There's definitely a chance, but I would say that there's more of a chance that she does play because she, we all know how awful the WTA is and (laughs) (laughs) there's not really a lot of young up and coming WTA players that you can say are going to be absolute like stars. You know what I mean? Like you don't really see, I mean, sure. There's, there's definitely some young talented players, you know, like the Naomi Osaka, like I think she's gonna be she's gonna be great, you know. But but like what I'm trying to say, is she she has nothing to worry about. Like she can basically come back when she's 35 and 36, and she'll be fine, and she'll be she'll be able to compete. She'll just have to get back in shape. And and honestly, I could I could see her winning another slam even at 36 years old. I can see it. Well, she's made so, like the last 10 finals or 10 of the last 11 finals. The exactly. only one she missed exactly. was that U.S. Open loss to Vinci. So, yeah, from a competitive standpoint. She's going to have to work hard, though, to get physically back in shape, though. Well, yeah, that's it's a not good, easy that's to a obviously have a baby, you know. Well, that's a good point, too, because she's always kind of playing herself back into shape. You say you hear this a lot. The biggest enemy to Serena is Serena in that sometimes she comes mm-hmm. into, into majors out of shape and has to play herself into it. And I, I think that'll be a challenge. I think she doesn't have to play again. She's She's earned the right to retire. I mean, she's won everything. That that's more of the I mean, thing. She's, yeah, I think it's yeah, the motivation. She should retire there. if she wants to like enjoy being a mother and enjoy being married and just kind of enjoy the the next chapter of her life. But you know, she loves the game and she loves breaking records. Yeah, I, I think she's going to come back. I just don't know how serious that that comeback will be. I think she's going to give it a shot, though. I think she'll play a little bit longer I just don't know I mean we talked about this last year George and you said you thought retirement with her was coming because you know she's kind of over it and you see that sometimes but she's still a competitor and I think she's willing to view this as another challenge 
You know, if anything, it's refreshing. It's something now that she can overcome. Because you mentioned the WTA landscape right now. It was not hard for her to run through these majors. No, no. No. um, Yeah, every tournament. We see these young players come up that we think, all right, it's their time. I mean, Madison Keys still is coming back Mm -hmm. from an injury. We'd like to see more. Coco Vandewey goes to the Aussie Open semis and then can't make a run. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halep we're waiting on, probably not going to keep waiting. Muguruza. No, this goes the list yeah. goes on and on. Muguruza, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, like I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely like a handful of people that I can that you just mentioned that have a decent chance of like making some noise this year. And now that Serena's gonna be gone for a while, man, it's uh, <laughs> exciting stuff, huh? I have, yeah, like who, who the hell is gonna win tournaments? <laughs> That's all I want to know, because <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like every tournament is like a coin flip. At you this know. point. Well, that'll make good for our French Open preview podcast where we'll be talking about all the long shot bets next month. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. All right, George Pinozzi. That's right. It's a great time to make a be- make some bets. Some future bets, yeah. You know, if you're into that sort of yeah. thing, look forward to it. Yeah. But all right, George Pinozzi, Money Mitch Effect. I do want to touch on one other women's tennis topic, and that's next week, the return of Maria Sharapova. She's back playing tennis. She's going to take a wild card in the Stuttgart, Germany. I think it's a 250 tournament, but it's a lower-level tournament to make her comeback. The first thing, George, though, is that a lot of players, especially on the German front, aren't happy that Sharapova got this wild card. I know tennis Mm -hmm. is a game where it's about the draws, and Sharapova is a draw, and that's how this works. But I could see their point of view. If you're a lower-level player that's trying to make it, that's fighting to get prominence, it's got to suck when Sharapova mm-hmm. can just walk right back into a tournament and take your spot. Well, it's an al- it's also the reason why she's been out of the game for so long, and you know the whole men- meldonium. Like, if, if let's say if this was Victoria Azarenka coming back right. for the first time after being pregnant, and they allowed her to play in Stuttgart, would people would the would people be upset? I, you're right. I don't think they would be as upset. I mean, no, if it's they you, wouldn't. like I think if you're in that position, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you're in that position and you're getting a spot taken from you, it's going to hurt regardless. But on the outside, when you hear the the top players in the game on men and women's side, when you hear when you hear Kerber, when you hear Andy Murray, to make some examples, say we're not sure this is a good idea. I think that does speak to, yeah. as you say, the the character or lack thereof of of how everything yeah. went down. It, exactly, and that's you know that's what it is. It's just players are kind of like bitter about her cheating and basically Stuttgart accepting her with like arms wide open when there's multiple players that are like grinding and qualifying and trying to get there. But honestly, like the way I look at it is as a player, sure. It might bother me, but at the same time, like this is, it's a business. This is a business. And like tennis is, it's a sport, but sport is business. And, and they, if Maria Sharapova participating at the Stuttgart open, will bring a lot of fans in and that means that there's you know there's more money that'll be coming in for the tournament so obviously they want that organizers want that so yeah. like this is their opportunity to do that sure they might have to hear from some of these WTA players but so what they'll get over it yeah Kerber I mean, that, is that upset it. about it like just hopefully they play her and then they can double bagel her <laughs> to shut her up I guess yeah well it's funny too because like you yeah <laughs> It's funny because you know how little people come to some of these low-level tournaments, men or women, we're talking here. Like, they struggle to get fans. So Sharapova is revenue. 
she's one of the top five, maybe even higher draws in all of tennis worldwide, and, and people are going to come to watch her play. So it's interesting now that she's sort of a villain. And, George, I don't know if you thought this was a coincidence, but what about the timing of, Sharap- of Serena announcing she's pregnant on Sharapova's 30th birthday? <laughs> I thought that was a little is, interesting. I know they don't like each other, but that was kind of funny, I thought. That is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. no, you talked about players just a, that... I think that's just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. She's 20 weeks pregnant, George. She could have announced it at any time, and she picks the exact day that Sharapova turns 30. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Man, she must really hate her then, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's running She's out like, of ways to She's like, I'm going to take Sharapova's shine away from her. Well, Serena's just running out of ways to own her. She's owned her on the court all those all these years. She's like trying now to she wants to own her in social media. Yeah. <laughs> well, you talked about players, George, to bet on, potentially, in the women's game. Maybe it is Maria Sharapova. There's not going to be any Serena. Azarenka's going to mm-hmm. come back at some point, but she's going to have to play herself into shape after giving birth. Kvitova's a nice story mm-hmm. that she might enter the French Open. I don't know that she'll actually play mm-hmm. it, but, hey, Sharapova, when she, was, when she got suspended, she was a top-ten player. We've seen more improbable comebacks oh, in yeah. sports than Sharapova. I think I'm interested to see how she plays, but I think she could be a contender right from the get-go. Easily. I mean, like I said, every tournament is a coin flip, so like, there's not one particular player that's just so dominant, so Sharapova could easily be a contender right, right off the bat. Do you think, too? The and I'm sure she's been playing. I'm yeah. sure she's been like, you know, practicing and, and um, getting, getting in shape physically to to be able to, like, handle the game again. Yeah, it's, uh, who is she practicing with? Tommy Haas, maybe? Okay, well, we can just move on from there. (laughs) (laughs) Who won, by the way? Just got to give a shout-out to Tommy Haas. He lost to Birdie last round, but, you know, getting a win over Ben Walker was a great day in my It was close against Birdie, though. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't see it. It was, like, 4-all, and it was 4-all in the third set. Well, I'm sure he popped his shirt off once or twice, too to give the fans a show during the match out. like while he was playing while yeah. the rally was going on just he's, <laughs> you know he's happy with the the, the direction of uh, the crazy story of, of murray's loss today is murray was up four zero in the third set and he lost the match i know i saw that score which that's raymond finalinas is a clay court player but that's andy murray you never see him bullies like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. But he played Karena Karena Busta actually a oh, different Karina Spaniard. Busta. Okay, yeah, really. But Karina Busta, but four zero four zero in the third set, like, oh. and Karena Busta broke him back twice, and Murray Murray was just unforced error after unforced error, so oh. insane stuff. Well, you know we're gonna have to monitor this, George Sharapova's comeback especially, and uh, I, I did want to leave you with one thing as we wrap this up the tennis talk here on the Money Mitch Effect, George Spinozian. Did you see that Tiafo story last last night? Him playing in the uh, Challenger no. in Sarasota. Well let me let me bring you up to speed with the uh with the high and low of this story. Tiafo's playing a Challenger tournament because he's right around that bubble, you know, a smaller level tournament against uh, a young guy by the name of Kruger who's not really famous. And they're playing in Sarasota and it's a country club kind of tennis facility that is across the lake from some condos. The match was repeatedly interrupted because of loud, and I'm reading this from an article, sex-like noises from two people in a condo across the lake. <laughs> well, I mean, is that close to the court? I mean, we're talking a hundred, about 100 yards or so, but on a perch. 100 um, yards? That's, 
So anyway, I mean, this went on for a while. Yeah. Kruger tried to hit a ball in that direction to get him to shut up. And then finally, in the, before serving, Tiafo yells out, he can't be that good. Come on. <laughs> so Tiafo's already one of my favorite players now. That was hilarious. Like it was, I mean, I, I'm encouraging anybody wow. out there to watch the video because there was a clip. There was a, a mom putting her hands on, over her son. Up. It was a comedy. But, yeah, Sarasota. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's uh, insane. Damn. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's, tennis that's crowds. like that's a really interesting story. Very like <laughs> unusual. Yeah, not made up either. This uh, this is definitely a real story. So yeah, watch the video if you dare. Might want to have the sound. Uh, Do you think Chiafa was was kind of going over there after the match though? Or <laughs> I don't just to tell him to shut up. I don't kinda... know. We'll see. That's that's where we're going. Or or, or for something ca- else. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he was a little perturbed too. I don't want to. Uh, young Francis seems like a good kid, and uh, hey, you know what though? They're trying to win matches. You know, there's money on the line, so like it's funny for us, George. But like, imagine that being yeah, your job, and that's, it's really <laughs> serious for them. Yeah, yeah. Especially lower level when you don't win that much money to begin with. Like, I mean, it's it's a really funny, ridiculous story, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> all right, George Pinozian, gotta let you go with this Clipper uh, game. You were at it, game two. Is this the Clips here? I mean, is that, is that that's a joke of a question, right? Of course right? it's a joke of a question. <laughs> see how serious This is probably, like, the year I feel like the Clippers have the least chance. Like, maybe, like, last year, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, they that was when they had their chance to at least do something. But the Clippers are just awful. They're just lucky that they're playing the Jazz right now without, you know, their second-best player, Rudy Gobert. So, because they're a completely different team without him. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's one all in the series. The game was, was just extremely boring, though. You know, like, of, of course I had a good time, you know, at eating, drinking with my friend. But quality-wise of the game, like, I just I couldn't wait till the second unit came in almost every time because Chris Paul just feels like he's on repeat, just nonstop, the same thing. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, pick and roll. Up fake JJ Redick running around the court doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's the same old story. Or maybe they've, these guys have just been together for so long. Maybe that like it's just not even fun anymore to watch them. Yeah, and, and it's probably not fun to keep losing in the first or second round too. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know. You're and I think right. they, this is it. they're aware of it. This yeah, is this, it. this is I it, think and, and they, know it. they know it. They know it. Like they're they the way they play like they just play very lethargic like they they just seem like they don't care like yeah. they're just you know yeah. well yeah I'm obviously joking I don't think it's the Clips here and uh, <laughs> it should be a, an interesting first you're... round series but the winner of this series gets Golden State so we pretty much know how that's gonna go um, exactly we'll hey. if the Clippers play the Golden State it's gonna be a sweep I yeah. swear oh, for sure hey uh, yeah and also I know you're a Laker fan at heart. You're a diehard. This Clippers thing is just like, like that. some weird affair thing you got going on. But <laughs> the draft lottery, you got to be pretty intense for that. It's going to be a nervous night at the Panazian oh, yeah. household when the Lakers either draft top three or don't draft at all in the first round next year. Oh, man, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a draft party, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're welcome to join if you want to come with your Cavs jersey. Oh, no, no, no. But, uh... no well, I'm going to switch. <laughs> but, yeah, it's yeah. big. I, I think they'll be all right. Like okay. I think, I think they'll they'll land it. 
the league won't let that happen. It would be devastating, though, if they did it. Yeah, yeah, it will, it will be for Laker fans, but we'll see. It's been a very long time, you know, since the Lakers have been prominent in the league, so it's, everyone's waiting It's patiently. funny that five years is a long time for Laker fans, but it's true. They have never gone this long without That's what, being prominent. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's long, you know. The, the vibe in the city is not the same. The, the, everyone's swag is a little different. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I noticed that, you know, everyone's shoulders are a little more hunched over and, you know, people are more on edge. <laughs> I think it's because of the Lakers. Well, George, That's why everyone in L.A. is on edge. That's, <laughs> That's why. why. That's exactly it. That and nothing else. Uh, all right, you know, George it has nothing to do with Trump yeah, yeah. or traffic. Traffic, you know, fighting, whatever. Um, lastly, though, right, and I know I keep wrapping this up, but Sweet and Hollow, update us. You know, we're... We, we we talk about that now on this show. It's a regular thing. The the baked goods business. How's it going? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to work on my own Sweet and Hollow podcast alone. So we're just gonna talk about sweets and baker and Nutella ice cream. Oh wow! Just like all the good stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just but yeah, up. Sweet and Hollow, man. It's a it's a cool story. It's, you know, it's a good story. I I find it pretty funny that now I'm making chimney cakes at this point in my life. But um. That's you know that's kind of how life goes. Sometimes it's unexpected. If you asked me two years ago that I was going to be doing this, I never would have thought that was going to be the case. But it's fun. I'm having fun with it. I'm, it's definitely a lot of work. I've been super stressed that every time I have these events, I'm just so stressed about it because it's just so much work. But um, I'm hoping it'll pay off in the future, so I don't have to take orders from Mark Huska anymore. So <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, that's what we all hope for. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's I think it's going well. Last time you, you talked about the progress and all the markets you went to, and I think above all else, well, I, I should point out we do take sponsors on this show, so anytime, feel free. We will. Yeah, so will make sure that. y'all go to the six two six nine market June thirtieth, July first, July second, four p.m. So imagine I'm just kidding. I just started like advertising. It's good. I like your use of the word dough and all social media as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep that going. I actually just customized uh, some new. I got some new Sweden Hollow shirts, and on the back it says "What up, though?" With the dough, you know what I mean? Yeah, dough, D O U G H. Yeah, okay. We're, we're doing we're Clever. doing big things. Yeah, big things, <laughs> big chimney cakes. It's good. Well, all right, George Finozzi, thanks for coming on the show. This was fun. We'll be seeing each other around very soon. And thanks again for talking tennis on the Money Mitch. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. Money! Thanks again to both guests, Sean Sullivan and George Benozian, for coming on the Money Mitch Effect today and talking sports. Reminder, you can find every episode of the series by just searching Money Mitch Effect into iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, the search bar there. All the episodes of the series are found there. The podcast has been taking off and i thank you all for listening and i want to take some time now to provide an nhl update if you didn't get a chance to see it the penguins unfortunately in my case get through the blue jackets in five winning last night the oilers win a late game to go up three two in that series the predators sweep the blackhawks at eight over a one seed, the true eight over a one seed, remarkable there and the rangers went on the road in game five against montreal to go into game six a chance at home close out Montreal and move on to the next round. One step closer for all these teams that won to the Stanley Cup. It's an exciting tournament. I hope you all get to watch. Next week, there'll be two shows again. More hockey, basketball, preview, some draft recap, 
in an interview early in the week. I want you all to listen to that. It's going to be a good one. I like to tease the guests, and we'll wait a little bit for that. This was the Money Mitch Effect. I am Mitch Michaels. Thanks for listening again. And until next time, enjoy all the sports this weekend because you know there's a lot of it.